to finding calm in the chaos. I am Denise, and this is my podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another edition of Finding Calm in the Chaos. I am Denise Siff and today we are talking about the tango, the relationships between husband and wife and long-term spouse, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I will tell you that I've done it all. I've done therapy, uh, marriage therapy, personal therapy, uh, couples therapy, pre-Cana. We did it all. Um, but the most significant um, work or improvement we've had is literally just breaking it down to basically the keys to effective communication are everything. Finding keys to effective communication. Because I over-communicate and Mr. Sith under-communicates. And then, and I find that that's a lot with a lot of uh, people... There, whether th that dynamic exists pretty much in every relationship, okay, between two people. I don't care who you are, what you are, it doesn't matter. There's someone who's going to over-communicate and someone who's going to under-communicate. And the communication, you have to find a medium where you can meet each other in the middle or that's where disagreements and all of that happen, okay? So... One of the biggest, uh, I'm actually, we're going to do it again. I'm going to ask. I've just decided right now. Let's do it again, Mr. Sith. Um, I think we need to sit down and do, Gary John Bishop has a uh, relationship book. And I found all of his other books to be quite helpful to me. And Gary John Bishop is not for everybody, okay, because he cusses a lot. I cuss a lot, so I really don't care. But if that's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea. But you know what? He makes sense. And I do find that a lot of people... Um, I'm just going to say this, who are offended by cursing uh, need to like literally just get over themselves uh, because they I, it's almost like a holier than thou atmosphere. Oh my God, she cusses. Okay. And you don't, but I haven't said anything and we're still friends, right? Um, I'll never understand that, um, that people are going to be so incredibly offended by cursing. Um, I do think that that's just something they need to dig down deep within themselves because they do put themselves on a platform that makes them basically feel like they're at a higher level than other people. And if you're that person, dig deep, sis, bro, whatnot, because I'm a quite intelligent woman and uh, I say the F word all the time. There's that. There's a time and a place for it. I get that. But, you know, that's why I do my coffee talks. So I could throw it out there all I want. Um, so today we're talking about the tango. It always takes two. And what are the effective ways to communicate in a relationship. And I will tell you that research on what makes a like a marriage work shows that straight up happy and healthy couples have literally this five to one positive to negative behaviors in their relationship. That's a good thing, right? Because you want it to kind of be balanced out. Basically what that means is that there are five times as many positive interactions between like happy couples, right? You're validating the other person, you're using soft words, you're listening, 
uh, expressing appreciation, physical affection, compliments, right? As there are negative ones, raising one's voice, stating, you know, complaints, uh, expressing anger, that kind of thing. Um, I'm kind of in between. So I'm not, we're not a five to one yet. We're probably a three to two. <laughs> and I will tell you that the two are coming from me. <laughs> I'm going to flat out agree totally just accept that award in our relationship that I, um, I am the negative, uh, Nancy, not negative in a way because I I'm anger. I'm usually triggered because I want so much for our family and I'm so passionate about it that I can't understand why not everybody's as passionate as me. And so because I have all this, like, you know, old childhood trauma, you know, that I carry around that you got to deal with. I have to weed through channeling that trauma into current day and flipping out that like, there's a reason why, like, why isn't everybody as passionate as me? Well, nobody had to like, you know, deal with the same thing you did. Maybe they dealt with other things like, relax, sit down, Denise, you'll be all right, sit down. So I'm going to talk about things, uh, tips, for improving the effectiveness of communication within your relationships, okay? Um, and, you know, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a relationship expert, but here's the thing. I'm a relationship expert in that I've been married for 10, which I said 10, for more than 10 years. So I've been married for 11 years and uh, I've been in the actual, we've been together as a couple for uh, 12 and a half. So we're still married. We have no intention of, you know, splitting up. We're in it for the long, we're in it to win it. We're in it to win it. And, uh, you know, I think that's what makes you an expert. I think what makes you an expert on relationships is understanding and basically admitting and, and working through that you never really don't ever stop working on your relationship. That I feel is the key to long-term relationships. You don't get into a fight over that, you know, I wanted Chinese, he wanted tacos, and tomorrow you ordered tacos, I'm getting a divorce, I'm calling a lawyer. Um, I wish I was joking, but that's actually a true story. Not with me, but I read that somewhere, I'm pretty sure it was Reddit, that somebody was literally filing a complaint because um, her husband, you know, ordered tacos on Taco Tuesday, but she really wanted Chinese food. And he just completely ignores everything she said. And maybe he does, but that really isn't a reason for divorce. And I've seen more and more uh, instances where people are just throwing out the divorce world, word, world, they're in the divorce world, throwing out words that um, over things that are supposed to be worked through. When you're in a marriage, you work through. Now, I'm not saying you work through like abuse, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about healthy relationships with healthy disagreements or misunderstandings and that we're all not going to agree on stuff because we're all individual, unique human beings. I'm not going to agree to half the stuff that Mr. Sith does, and I'm sure he doesn't agree to half the stuff I do. But as a relationship and as a couple, we have committed to meeting each other halfway and finding a, a, a comparable balance in order to make things work. 
right? It's not all about me and it's not all about him. It's about us. That's the difference, right? There's no me, there's no you, it's us. And that's where people, um, I think modern marriage is having an issue, right? And what, there's a whole generation of people who don't even plan on getting married, but we also have and that entire generation doesn't know, you know, is filled with confusion. So I just feel that like, this is just something you must do. Long-term relationships work, these marriages, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, because they have this understanding that we are two different people. And I want to do things to make you happy. And hopefully you're doing things to make me happy. And so that, because when you're doing, when you have a spouse who's doing things for you, you want to do for them. And at least I do. When Mr. Sith is all on and he's doing things around the house and he's filling out the things he needs to, and he's bringing me home a paycheck. And he, I mean, those are things that makes me want to cook every day. That makes me want to clean. Well, I don't want to clean every day. Let's be honest. Uh, I do like cleaning, but I don't want to clean every day, but I always got to work on this damn floor because of the dog. Um, but things like that. And so I think that there are just some things that you can work through. So went through, compiled the list of like literally 58 things. We're going to narrow that down substantially. Uh, and these are the things that I feel like I personally have found helpful in trying to, because I feel like in our relationship, Mr. Sith and I, um, I am the antagonizer. Uh, meaning that if there's something to talk about, I am the first one to bring it up and I will sit down and have a conversation and try to implement certain things that I've learned in my therapy and my reading in order to have a proper relationship conversation. Cause there is a way to have a conversation. We're going to talk about that too. And then because I'm an over communicator. So then I feel like I've presented this in an outstanding manner because I didn't flip out. I was totally nice. I used my eyes instead of you statements. I did all of that. And then he just stares at me because he's an under communicator. And it was like crickets, right? Crickets, 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 crickets. Yeah, and crows. And then, and then I get triggered. <laughs> Because, and then, and then I flip out and, and so I am the person who doesn't respond to his way. Uh, so it's like twofold, right? I have to learn to not overreact to his unresponsiveness, which is his style of communication, none whatsoever. And he needs to work on meeting me halfway in being able to speak when I'm addressing him and we're addressing a, a, a topic. Because you can't imagine, it's incredibly frustrating to put out your heart and your soul to make something work and then you get no words in response. And, and I'm not saying that like, you know, I, I expect that. I literally expect it of him because I am aware, we, we are aware that I am a talker and he is a non-talker. And so we're looking for me to cut down the words and him to find some words and that is going to be our perfect medium. And that takes work, not a divorce. So one of the things that um, I've really, we have really worked on this year is being intentional about spending time together, right? We often spend very little time in meaningful conversation throughout the week. 
right? To change this, turn off the technology, make it a point to spend 20, 30 minutes a day catching up with each other. This is important, right? Because he'll, I'll literally be watching like some show, uh, you know, like reality, you know, Asian bling. I wish I was joking. Um, you guys know I like the mindless reality so that I don't have to think. Um, and then he'll be playing a game on his phone, whether it's on TV, you know, PS5. And we, I have made it a, a point to be like, turn it down. I'm turning it down. I'm each upstairs. We'll sit in bed. And we usually will like sit in bed or get ready in the bedroom. And the dogs will come up and whatnot. And we'll just chit chat about stuff or look at things that we need to review on the phone, like for the vacation and stuff like that. Um, but it is really important that you find that time to be intentional with some time together, right? So we do things about um, our uh, our vacation planning, our, you know, uh, what's going on with him at work, what's going on with me at home, that kind of stuff, you know, updates about stuff. So we know, how you feeling? How you doing? That kind of stuff. All right, next one. And I've mentioned this earlier, use more I statements and less you statements, okay? When you sit down and you talk to your spouse and you're like, how do you feel? Well, you make me, nope, stop doing that. I used to do that all the time. It's nothing but trouble because all you're doing is making the other person on the other end feel like they um, are shrouded into some, you know, they've literally been assaulted with you statements. It's all them. And it's really not accepting responsibility for how you feel. You're part of all this. And so if you re if you, you really have to think about how you're doing. So it decreases the chances of your spouse feeling like they need to defend themselves. Totally. Like 100%. So like I would tell him, um, you know, you never do anything at home. Well, he, he has been working like a lot. So for me to say that, he's going to automatically defend himself. How am I supposed to do stuff at home if I've been working all this extra time on a project? So what I would rephrase that to say would be, I wish you would acknowledge like more often how much work I do at home to take care of you and like Peter. You know what I mean? It changes the dynamic of what they're saying. This is also gives you an opportunity to express and openly communicate actually how you feel and what you would like versus putting them automatically on the defensive. And another thing, be specific, right? When the issues arise, be specific, specific, specific. Because <laughs> broad generalizations like you do it all the time are not helpful. I am so guilty of this. It's ridiculous. You must literally say, be very specific about what happens. You know, when you clean the kitchen, and I usually cook, Mr. Sith cleans the kitchen. I clean the kitchen as I go along. So there's usually really not stuff out unless there was a pan or something that I immediately took something we were eating out of. Other than that, I have everything washed usually. The counters are clean, all of that. But there are times on bigger meals that there will be stuff that's not cleaned, okay? And so 
instead of saying, you know what, you never clean up the kitchen right after I'm done. Well, first off, it's because it's a twofold issue. I want my kitchen clean the way I clean my kitchen, but he's not me. So he's not going to clean the kitchen like I clean the kitchen. However, then he also has the situation as well. Because when I do, when he does do dishes or cleans up the kitchen after we eat, he'll collect all the plates, he'll put them in the dishwasher, and then uh, anything that was on the counter or the stove stays there. Because it wasn't, I, I don't understand. So that's something we're still working on. I don't understand that. He'll literally leave greasy stove top, um, pots sitting there, and all of that without even like acknowledging that that's part of cleaning the kitchen. So we're working on that. Um, another thing we need to do, avoid mind reading. Okay, women, we're my girls. We do this all the time. It is very frustrating when someone else acts like they know better than you, what you really were thinking, okay? We do this to men all the time. This is a true fact, scientifically. If two people are sitting in a room by themselves, okay, there's two people, you and your husband, wife, or spouse, and you are a female, you are thinking of seven gazillion things in that quiet, empty room. And your husband, wife, spouse are sitting across from you and you're looking at them and they look blinked out. And you guys have to stay that way for 30 minutes. And halfway through that 30 minutes, you're thinking, why am I still in here thinking of these bazillion things to do? Because now I could have got this, 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 and this, and this done as well, but I'm in here sitting in an empty room for 30 minutes. You're wasting my time. And then you both leave after those 30 minutes and get in the car to drive home. And the woman will be irritated, feel behind, almost feel anxious, rushed, okay? And then they'll say, well, that was a colossal waste of time. What did you think about in that 30 minutes? And the male portion, I don't care like what you are, but if you're male, the man will say nothing. And I will tell you wholeheartedly, as much as you are going to struggle with this concept, they were indeed thinking of absolutely nothing. They literally had a 30-minute free space out that women will never get unless we're under anesthesia. Do you understand what I'm saying, women? Grasp this and you will understand. Avoid mind-reading men. They are thinking of nothing, okay? Nada, nilch, nine, nothing. I'm going to leave you with that thought while we take a quick break for our sponsor. Today's episode of Finding Calm in the Chaos is sponsored by Reclaimed. Reclaimed is a one-man brand from Chicago, Illinois, specializing in handmade commercial and residential furniture and fixtures. The man behind the brand is Brian McQuaid, 
and the soul of his business is anchored in his handmade wood art pieces. Don't think that these pieces are just ordinary furniture and fixtures. These pieces were founded under the notion that art should be affordable to everyone. Each piece is custom designed and crafted with everything he's got, which means you're not getting a plain big box item made in mass, but a personalized, meaningful work of art that will bring compliments from whoever sees your reclaimed piece and joy with you seeing and using your piece daily. Not a single person, I will tell you, walks into my office without asking me about my reclaimed desk and end table. And they can't hang their coats without asking me where I got the cool railroad spike wall coat rack either. Brian's talents go far beyond dust tables and coat racks. Personalized hearts, jewelry boxes, flags, special occasions. It's art, folks. So the possibilities are pretty much endless. You don't have to take my word for it. You can check out the beautiful art of Reclaimed at www.reclaimedchicago.etsy.com. Again, that's www.reclaimedchicago.etsy.com. Or check out and follow them on Instagram at Breclaimed, B-R-E-C-L-A-I-M-E-D. Oh, 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 we're back. Okay, we're back, we're back, we're back. And we're talking about two tangling relationships, communications within relationships, and how there are some things that could really help you. Um, we, we just talked about how men can actually sit for long periods of time and absolutely think of nothing. That is virtually impossible for women. But we're going to move along and we're going to talk about expressing negative feelings constructively. Okay. If you hear me on no other points in this podcast episode, listen to this one because this is me. Okay. There are going to be times when you feel bitterness, resentment, disappointment, disapproval. These feelings need to be communicated in order for change to occur. Okay. Don't pent them up inside, ladies. Don't pent them up inside. But how you express these thoughts is critical. (laughs) It's one thing to say, I'm really disappointed that you're working late again. I'm so tired. How dare you work late? But if you say, listen, you clearly um, do not care one whit about me or the kids. If you did, you would not work late every night. It's going to convey something different. You know what I'm saying? You see the difference? I want to be, it, it is disappointing that, okay, so I'm recording this on a, on a weekend. Um, and it obviously it'll air on Wednesday, but I'm recording on a weekend and Mr. Sith had the work today. I look forward to Saturdays because it is my day off from Peter. And you need that. I homeschool. I take care of them. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a stay-at-home wife. I take care of everything in the house. I run a business. I'm taking care of a puppy. That doesn't mean, that means entertaining him. Puppies, you need to entertain puppies. They're full of energy. Plus my personal medical stuff. So Saturdays, I'm looking forward to Saturday 
because that's the day I get to get up and like just be like off. But I couldn't be off today. And I am, that's literally, or you clearly don't care about me or you wouldn't have to work on Saturday. I mean, it just is what it is. But to actually say, listen, I'm truly disappointed that you're working on St. Patrick's Day weekend. Like out of all the weekends that you need to go down town into an office, you know, they chose St. Patrick's Day and Saturday. Okay. In Chicago. Yeah, Woohoo. Now, did he did he choose those days? No, he didn't choose those days. But it was just an example. But really, it makes a huge difference. I'm really disappointed that you're working late again tonight. You know, like, man. Because, you know, you could have spent time together. You could have had free time. Because, obviously, I'm not getting my free time yet. He gets free time. I get free time. One of the things we talked about expressing negative feelings constructively, right, was that I told him, it's very difficult for me to always be with someone. The puppy, the dogs, Peter, him, all of the above. There's very few instances where I'm alone and not doing a task that involves something for the household. Being alone as a mom or a woman does not include grocery shopping. That is a task that must be done. It's work. It's part of the household tasks that I must do. That's not being counted towards my personal time. Personal time is I'm out doing a massage or I'm alone at the house because they've left for like a scout thing or something else. And it's just me or I'm doing a mommy date. Okay. Or a mommy event. But no, that doesn't include that. And he said, I know, but I don't really have those moments either. And I said, but, but see, you do. Because you take the train to work and you drive to work, right? Depending on, you know, what day. And while you were in that car for those 40 minutes to and from, right? That's almost two hours of alone time. I wish I could just drive around for two hours with alone time. That would be spectacular. And so then he thought about it and was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. And he, he got me because I expressed it constructively, gave him an example of what he gets that I would enjoy if I had that time. And then it clicked. And so those are the things that's the way you want to express those things. And don't wait to talk to about them. Just, just talk about it. Just talk about it, right? Now, here's something that I, um, I also struggle with, but for a different reason that most of you are going to think about. Um, listen without being defensive. Because for a marriage to succeed, both spouses must be able to hear, hear each other's complaints without getting defensive. And this is much harder than learning how to express negative feelings effectively. All right. And this has to, this really can play out a lot better if you use the eyes instead of you conversation in, into your conversations. When you work the eyes instead of the use, this helps substantially with that. Okay. But for me, it's difficult because when we are having conversations between Mr. Sith and I, I talk, and like I said in an earlier example, I'm 
effectively trying to communicate because I know how I get and I'm effectively, I'm, I'm carefully choosing my words so that I'm not blaming or becoming defensive myself because I'm a word person, but Mr. Sith is not a word person. And so I'm really proud of myself for having this conversation that's whole, that, that is like constructive. And then he is an under communicator. So I get no response. Then I get all peed off. So working on that, right? We're working on it. Well, I'm not working on it. He's working on it. I'm working about not being defensive after I just literally tried so hard to do what I normally don't do, right? I'm normally like screaming, yelling, blamer, whatever. So I'm trying to have a constructive conversation and then it ends at my half. Mr. Sith is working on that. So listen without being defensive. And this is, this is something I will say out of all the things out there, this is something that Mr. and Sith, uh, blah, 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 Mr. Sith and I do completely constructive. Like we rock at this and that's freely express positive feelings. So we're getting better with this, right? We are, we are really pushing for this. Most people are quicker to express negative feelings and positive ones. That's just the fact. And it's vital to the health of your marriage that you affirm your spouse. It, it just is. Positive feelings like appreciation, affection, respect, admiration, approval, they're, they're like making deposits into like your love account. I'm telling you. And you should have five positive deposits for every negative one. And we're working hard on this. Like we're working, and I've even seen huge, not only am I trying this, but I've seen huge uh, like steps from Mr. Sith. If your compliments exceed your complaints, your spouse will pay attention when you complain. I'm gonna repeat that for the people in the back. If your compliments exceed your complaints, your spouse will pay attention to your grievances, peeps. If your complaints exceed your compliments, your criticism falls on deaf ears. Know what I'm saying? It makes so much sense when you hear it like that. But as you do the switch, and it really takes some conscious effort if you're in a repetitive negative pattern, which Mr. Sith and I were, and we're still working on it, Okay, that if you do the five positive deposits to every one negative, you're going to see the shift in the relationship conversation and, and just seeing the communication change, the pattern and how you feel when you go into it is much more relaxed and casual than I can't be the only one who at one point in their, you know, relationship knew you had to talk about your spouse and you already, your heart was thumping before you started. And you were like, oh man, I'm tell him what I did. That gets nothing. You're going in, you already got five positive deposits to one negative. You already got like a hundred negatives waiting to just barrage them at like an automatic, you know? And what positive thing? 
but I love you at the end of like barraging them with a thousand things they did wrong. And most of the time when you do that, it's because you didn't effectively communicate when it was happening to you and you held it inside and it just kept festering and growing and festering and growing until it becomes this monster. And then you can't possibly talk with eyes instead of use, right? You're not being specific because it happened like three months ago. And so that's why as soon as you start off, you're expressing negative feelings and it's not constructive whatsoever. So listen, freely express positive feelings up front. It will make a huge, huge difference. Oh, hope that all helped you guys this week. It certainly helps me. Don't forget, relationships are an ongoing thing. Everybody goes through ups and downs. That's the literally the essential definition of a good relationship. Ups and downs that you two conquer together. And every time you get a low in a relationship and you lock arms with your partner and you beat and you come out above and you beat all them low negative parts and you win and then you're up at a high again, every time that happens, you get more solid and stronger as a couple. You have a low, you come out of the ashes better. You have another low, you are soaring even higher. And so the more your relationship is challenged throughout the time that you're enduring together, right? The stronger your relationship becomes long-term. And that's why when we see all these cute little couples on, you know, all the videos and reels and YouTubes and news stories. I've been married for 65 years and, you know, what's your key to happiness? Oh, respect, love, understanding that, you know, we're together as a unit. Those are like always, they're always very common things that we could do every day. They're so simple, but yet somehow so many of us struggle with it. So have a great one today, guys. Enjoy your time. And until next time, always remember, lead with kindness. Thank you, friends, for spending this time with me today. If you found some calm listening in, please take a moment to subscribe to Finding Calm in the Chaos. And just so you don't miss out on future episodes, make sure you're receiving notifications. Thanks again. Until next time, lead with kindness.